2: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen.
3: And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com.
3: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
4: Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumpaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started! You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. I'm still
5: fired up about this. We've been talking about it all morning. Last night, I went to the Thursday night football game in person, I took my kids. Uh, We went to go watch the Colts-Titans, which many of you, of course, watched because uh, it's Thursday Night Football and everybody's ready for the weekend of college football or the NFL. And what's unique about this particular series is I swore after last year that I would never go watch another Colts-Titans game in person because the Colts have so owned the series against the Titans that... I just, I couldn't bear to watch a game that I knew how it was going to end because all of them end the same way. Since 2008, the Titans are 4-19 and against the Colts. 4-19. and 2-8 at home. 4-19, and Dub, you looked it up earlier, is the same record that the Jets have against the Patriots. That's how much one team has dominated in this series. And look, ultimately what this game came down to, and, and, and this is going to be what the season comes down to too for the Titans is, the Titans last year got hot at the right time. And they got all the way to the AFC Championship game. They beat the Patriots on the road. They beat the Ravens on the road. And they had an early lead against the Chiefs. And then the Titans went back and they said, man, after we lost that game, the Titans thought, what we need to do is go get a pass rush. We need to be able to get pressure with our front four. That's the way we get past the Kansas City Chiefs next year. And so in the offseason, they went and they signed two what they thought were difference makers at defensive end. They signed Vic Beasley from the Atlanta Falcons, and they signed Jadavion Clowney, who last year was with the Seattle Seahawks. And they signed those guys for over $20 million. Okay? And then what happened? They signed them for over $20 million. They released Vic Beasley after seven games. He had zero zero sacks, three tackles. Virtually worthless. They gave him almost $10 million. Jadavion Clowney, nothing. No sacks. So over $20 million they spent to make their team better. And if you watched Phillip Rivers last night, he wasn't hardly touched at all. Now partly, that's because the Colts do a good job of protecting him and they have a good offensive line. But a huge reason why the Titans got no pressure is was because the Titans are awful at rushing the passer. And if you allow Phillip Rivers to stand behind his offensive line and survey the field and make decisions back there, he can perform like a sorcerer. You have to put Phillip Rivers under pressure. You have to make him make throws that he doesn't want to make under duress. Then you can get turnovers. Then you can make plays against him. The Titans never did it. They never were able to make Phillip Rivers think twice about any of the throws that he made. And as you're watching that game, here's the truth of the matter. It doesn't really matter if the Titans get into the playoffs or not because eventually you go up, especially in the playoffs, against a really talented passers, and they're going to all pick the Titans apart because the Titans have no pass rush. And so, Phillip Rivers is a bad matchup for the Titans because they have a good offensive line, the Colts do, and they have the ability to keep Phillip Rivers upright. And if they do that, then the Titans are effectively done. So, I just am upset that I made the decision to go watch this game in person. At least if I'm at home, I can flip off the television, I can go decide to do something else. Instead, I did exactly what I've done before, Go watch all these games. I've watched every one of these Colts-Titans games that the Colts end up owning. And I'm already here to tell you, Titans are going to lose on Sunday. Titans are going to lose in two Sundays. I think that's Thanksgiving. I'm going to be listening to that, driving back from the beach. And the Titans are going to lose against the Colts in Indianapolis. And they're going to be 6-5. and five. So I want to go ahead. All the Colt fans out there that have been able to enjoy 19 wins in the last 23 matchups, Congratulations on your AFC South divisional title. The Titans have zero percent chance to win this division. I saw enough last night to know that this division is over, uh, and that the Colts are going to win the division. Titans are going to be, you know, whatever it is, the seven seed. They'll be nine and seven because they're a perpetual nine and seven franchise. I think the Titans are going to go nine and seven for a fifth straight year. Dub, look that up. It's I don't know if it's ever happened before in the NFL. That you can have five straight winning seasons where you don't really win very much, and you go nine and seven, and that is what's going to happen. Titans are going to be nine and seven. Uh, They will be the seven seed, uh, which is like the worst place you can be. They'll go on the road, and the Kansas City Chiefs will score uh, 346 consecutive points against them, and it'll be 346 to zero, and it'll be time for the uh, time for the off season. Nine and seven, four in a row. I mean, think about how crazy that is. Four in a row, nine and seven. The Titans are going to go nine and seven for a fifth straight year. I'm going to go ahead and write it, write it in stone. That's where you are headed. Look at the schedule. Tell me that nine and seven is not going to happen. Maybe they'll slip up and go eight and eight. Start off five and zero oh and finish nine and seven. I'm not sure there's anything more Titans than that. And I'm still fired up about the awful kick. The 17 or 18-yard punt in the NFL, Dub said the equivalent of me on the radio being that bad would be that I would have to fall asleep live on the air. As a professional to be that bad at the kick, it's it's really even wild to think about. I'm going to put that up on Twitter and let you guys weigh in. I'm just utterly fired up about this. I mean, just in all facets... The Titans were not in bad shape. With about six minutes to go in the third quarter, they got a huge stop on a fourth down play. Colts weren't even close on that fourth down running play. They had the ball. They got a couple of first downs or at least one first down. They were back out near, I think it was almost to the 30-yard line or thereabouts. They had a third and one. They ran for some stupid reason, a bootleg action, and they to the Colts' credit, sniffed it out Titans lost 10 yards and then they had a 17-yard punt 18-yard punt whatever the heck it was and the game was effectively over but I just I mean how in the world do you have a 17-yard punt in the NFL not a block kick an actual 17-yard punt it should be impossible it shouldn't be possible if you are a professional for you to be that bad at your job that literally cost the Titans the game that ignoramus idiot kicker who can't even punt the ball more than 17 or 18 yards I'm just it's just utterly ridiculous everything about it is utterly ridiculous and the more I think about it the angrier I get about it that that guy is getting paid to be a professional and he can't kick the ball more than 17 yards in the air I mean, that's unbelievable. And he also got, by the way, a punt blocked and returned for a touchdown. I think that was less his fault. But it's still crazy to even think that you could have a 17-yard punt. It's just inexplicable. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk with Bobby Barack. He's one of my writers at OutKick. And then I'm going to try to make the world a better place. It's getting closer to Christmas season. Santa Clay is going to be coming to town. I'm going to give you my six gambling picks in the NFL, my OutKick six-pack of winners. Final segment, Friday edition of the show, as I always do. And I think we got some good stuff coming. I really, really like the picks that I am going to debut.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
1: People at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today, or visit them at o'reillyauto.com/two-pros. That's o'reillyauto.com/two-pros.
2: L a s i k lasik.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created lasik.com. One place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start.
1: L-A-S-I-K,
3: LASIK.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip.
2: Hi, checking in for...
3: Or the perfect table.
1: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
5: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Final hour of the program. Like to bring in our OutKick writers when I can. Get them on the show. And today we've got Bobby Barak. You can follow him on Twitter there. You can also go read him. I'd encourage you to do so. He's doing good work at OutKick.com on a regular basis. And Bobby, you got a couple different stories I want to dive into. The first one uh, is uh, has to do with uh, Dan Levitard. And we talk some, you know, look, uh, I'm biased, obviously, but I think Fox Sports Radio has put together the best collection of radio talent that's ever existed. And so Don Martin uh, and Scott Shapiro deserve a lot of credit for that. ESPN Radio has really been a work in progress, and it's been kind of a mess, to be frank. And when you actually look at what's going on, Levitard is their biggest draw, at least on... Uh, the podcast universe, doesn't necessarily get a lot of attention on terrestrial radio, but it seems like these two sides are heading for a divorce. Uh, What exactly is going on? What in the world is ESPN
4: radio going to do? Yeah, Clay, so um, I joined OutKick uh, May 1st, which is really, you know, at the midst of the pandemic. But pre-pandemic, I did a lot of reporting on The future of ESPN radio executives had told people during the Super Bowl that they were going to change the lineup. And there were several moving parts. And one of the options that was discussed was moving Lepitard off radio altogether and maybe having him just go to ESPN Plus or just carrying his radio show on Sirius XM. As you noted, his podcast numbers were really large, ESPN's top show, but on radio, He's struggling. He's been struggling for many years on there. So there was a real there was a real opportunity for ESPN to move off to of, Excuse me, on radio altogether. But once the pandemic hit, a lot of their plans fell through. They weren't able to spend the money to go get Pat McAfee. They weren't able to move Will Kane up in the radio lineup because he opted to leave for Fox News. Um, Sources tell me Emmanuel Acho, whose contract was expiring in March, ESPN explored moving him over to radio, he too chose to leave but for Fox Sports. So ESPN did not have a lot of options for their upcoming radio lineup that has now been on air since August so they end up keeping Dan Lepidard's show but obviously he lost an hour so he went from three hours to two hours he publicly expressed that he was unhappy about this and ever since then it's been nonstop drama um, uh, pu- you know public comments tweets all of that and yeah I, I agree with what Ryan Glass-Piel from Outkick is Sad, and Andrew Marsham from New York Post. The expectation around the industry is that Dan Lapitar's time with ESPN is coming to an end. However, his contract lasts for another 18 months, as does his co-host, Stu So it's not an easy situation. ESPN would have to explore a buyout, and given the cost-cutting mode they're in, after laying off hundreds of employees asking their top 100 talent to get 15% pay cut, they're not going to want to pay Lepitard and Stugas not to work. So really a messy situation, but like most people in the industry, I expect Lepitard to not remain with ESPN uh, when his contract's up, and it could be sooner than that, maybe much sooner.
5: Would you, sell, would you buy or sell stock in ESPN right now?
4: Well, there's two different categories. If you're talking studio programming, the day-to-day stuff, the radio, I would say absolutely sell. I think those days have passed. I've written it several times. There's not going to be another Stephen A. for ESPN. don't think they'll find another Colin Coward on radio. Um, the interest there is dwindling fast. But on the live sports side, I actually think Disney is in okay shape because we all expect them to get CBS's SEC package. Um, their priority number one right now is to get a better NFL package. Move some to ABC and get in the Super Bowl. So if you're talking live sports and ESPN Plus, I think ESPN's fine. But if you're a talent that works day to day on Sports Center has a TV show, radio, I don't think ESPN is the best place for you at all.
5: We're talking to Bobby Barack. Encourage you to go check him out uh, at OutKick. You can go follow his articles there, OutKick.com. Um, it, it is kind of intriguing when you look at the the, the way that their cable business is collapsing. And at times, their ratings, you know, we had a story up, I think Ryan did it, comparing and contrasting the numbers from uh, from Colin Cowherd's show live on FS1 against ESPN. And it's not so much that FS1 is surging, it's just that they're remaining where they are and ESPN is falling. And one reason I would argue is, and I think you talked about this and even wrote about it, they're covering the NBA way too much relative to interest and in, in terms of the NFL or college football. In football season, most um, sports fans, which is why we talk football almost exclusively on this show during football season, most sports fans want to be able to sit back and actually watch football and hear football well, conversations. No question. And last Friday,
4: I couldn't believe this. So last Friday, um, football Friday, does the media would say there were so many games to talk about. You had Kyler Murray, versus Tua, Brady versus Drew Brees, possibly for the last time, Uh, Christian McCaffrey versus Patrick Mahomes, Antonio Brown's return, Steelers, Cowboys. In ESPN's number one show, or most promoted show, first take, Clay, they were talking about previewing the upcoming NBA season. How many football fans and sports fans woke up last Friday and said, gee, I wonder if the Lakers are going to beat the Warriors on opening night? I mean, to me, that's just mind-boggling how much they are trying to push the NBA, and let alone an NBA when the NBA's never struggled more. We saw the radio. We were the only outlets to document 50% decline, 60% decline year over year in the NBA playoffs, and ESPN's trying to push off-season NBA talk over NFL talk up before the top weekend of the season. Like, to me, that is such a... Uh, statement to the fans that we don't care what you're watching, we're going to push what we want and do what's best for us. We're not worried about your interest. And and sports fans see that and they turn over the herd, who was with Colin Coward, who is breaking down each of those NFL games, which I believe most sports, um, sports fans were looking for last Friday
5: no doubt. We're talking to Bobby Barack. All right. One, you do a media mailbag column, and there's always interesting questions in there from across all the media landscape. One of the big questions is, what's Donald Trump going to do? And obviously, there's all sorts of election drama. But presuming Joe Biden becomes president and is sworn in, there's been a lot of talk that Trump is going to make a move and end up creating his own media company. Do you think he'll do it? What do you think it'll look like if he does it?
4: Yeah, so I've been hearing this all summer long from people in news media that there was an expectation if Donald Trump were to lose the election and I'll say this, most people in the industry thought it was more likely than not that he that Joe Biden wins so people have thought about this for months now quite a bit yeah yeah. So, and, and, and for once, and once the network projected Joe Biden, the ball really got rolling. ABC reported that Trump and his aides were talking about launching a Fox News competitor. Word is he's furious at Rupert Murdoch because Fox called Arizona, and he's been mad at Fox News on and off the past few months. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're in the Axios just put out a report uh, yesterday saying that. Uh, you know, he could do this, but he go straight to consumer and charge 5 $6 a month. I think mean, there's a real chance that Donald Trump does this. But you ask what it will look like, that really depends on two things. One, distribution, and two, talent. You know, you've been in the media long enough, talent moves the needle. In order for this to work, unless Trump's going to be on 24-7, I don't even know if he's going to be or he would be an on-air personality. He's going to need to get star personalities from Fox. There's a difference between launching with unknown names on Trump TV versus launching with Sean Hannity. Uh, I, I compare it to FS1 and ESPN. FS1 was able to make noise and hurt ESPN's ratings because they were able to get Colin Coward and Skip Bayless. Trump TV or whatever it's going to be called or would be called, he's going to need to get big names. Now ABC says that A's are confident that he can get Hannity and Tucker Carlson. I, you know, that seems like a stretch to me. You never know. I mean, It's going to come out of contract, but Tucker Carlson is such a needle move around Fox. They're so high on him. His stock is rising so high. I would be surprised if he were to move, but Hannity and Trump have had a friendship long before Trump was in office. That would not shock me at all, especially If Trump is able to just pay handy whatever he wants, I think that Trump could do that. Um, But you do have to build out a lineup that would include a morning show that would compete up against Fox and Friends of Morning Joe. Not an easy task. You have to have a daytime lineup. There would be a lot of moving parts. But if there's one business that I'm not ruling Trump out, it's the media. Like, I mean, Bill O'Reilly wrote a book called uh, The United States of Trump. Trump craves the spotlight, and he knows how to dictate the conversation as well as anybody that any of us have experienced in our lifetime. So uh, if he gets this going, uses his Twitter to promote it, um, I think this thing is a real chance to create a lot of buzz if he's able to bring over star personalities and get this thing in enough homes, people can watch it. I mean, like, for example, OAN right now, which he likes, is not in many homes. That's never going to actually hurt Fox News if nobody can find it. But if he's able to get this in 70 million homes via cable packages and satellite packages, then you're talking about he has a chance to build an alternative to establishment media in the big three cable news channels.
5: It'll be fascinating to see what exactly happens. Thank you, Bobby Barack, for swinging by. Go read him at OutKick.com. Check him out there.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: People at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today, or visit them at o'reillyauto.com/two-pros. That's o'reillyauto.com/two-pros.
2: L a s i k lasik.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created lasik.com one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start.
1: L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com.
0: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs)
3: Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex.
6: Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no sign-ups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
5: It is time for the final segment of the week. We are here in the Geico Outkick studios. We are rolling through uh, the program, and it is now time for the Outkick six-pack of picks. And I got to say, we've been really kind of rolling in the NFL with the gambling picks. College football, not so much. But we are, last time I checked, and I believe – this is a uh, accurate reflection. I believe we are 27 and 14. If I'm not mistaken, we went 3 and 2 last week. We had a push and uh, we continue to kind of roll along dub. Does that number sound correct to you in terms of what we've done with the outkick six pack? Um, and uh, I would encourage you to go ahead and get your picks in. I am confident. I am I I hate to say this because I don't want to jinx us, but I don't know that I have been more confident in a collection of OutKick six-pack all year. I love all six of these picks. Sometimes you're sitting there when you have to make the six-pack and you're like, man, I, I don't know about this. I don't feel that great about this one. That's not the scenario that's at play right here. And here we go. Dub, get your pen out, get your paper out, and let's see whether or not you agree with the direction that the picks are going right here. Rams, minus one and a half against the Seahawks. This is my favorite play. Lance Taylor liked this pick earlier in the show. He gave it out to you in hour one. I love this play. You've got the ability of Sean McVay sitting out for two weeks stewing over a disastrous performance on the road against Miami. Jared Goff was awful. You've got an atrocious Seahawks defense that is coming back after having played last week all the way on the other side of the country. Russell Wilson starting to show some chinks in the armor. I think that is going to continue. I like the Rams to win this game comfortably and to have a tie break over the Seahawks going forward. What say you, Dub, about my faith, about my confidence in the Rams, to get it done against the Seahawks.
7: Well, I think your faith and confidence is justified because this Rams offense, we've seen over the last few years Sean McVay do his thing, and the Seattle defense has given up 455 yards per game. So I would not be shocked one bit if the Rams put up over 500 yards. The Rams are 8-1 and one against the spread off a loss, and they've had an extra week to think about that loss against the Miami Dolphins. So I think this is... I haven't heard your other plays yet, but I, I have a strong feeling this is going to be the best one of the week.
5: All right, so we're on the Rams, you and me both. We love the Rams against the Seahawks. Let's keep rolling, keep the momentum going. Last week, worst performance of Tom Brady's career. The Bucs were obliterated at home by the Saints. Now, we told you to take the Saints plus the points last week. Uh, that was one of our winners that we had in the OutKick six-pack last week. And I felt good about it, and we were right. I didn't know we would win as easily as we did, but the Saints came out and dominated. This week, I am inside of Tom Brady's head. I can feel the anger. You know, like in the uh, in the trilogy of Star Wars, where spoiler alert, you had Ray uh, and uh, and the uh, and the, the the what's the guy's name, the the Adam Driver character.
7: Yeah, I'm not a big Star Wars guy.
5: Look that up and figure out what Adam Driver's character was. They were able to see into each other's brains and like see their different world. And so that is what is going on right now with me and my ability to see into Tom Brady's mind. And it's just a seething mass of anger, okay? And that is over that performance, the embarrassment, everything that went on there. Christian McCaffrey injured, unlikely to be playing, uh, Kylo Ren is his name. I can't believe I forgot that with my boys as much as they have been watching. Thank you for all of you blowing me up on social media to let me know that. And Dub obviously looking it up. Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren and Ray could look into each other's brains and see each other's vision. Kind of, they could see each other's world. I can see Tom Brady's world right now. It's an angry, seething place. Unfortunately for the Panthers, they are the next up in the uh, in the victimization uh, chart. And I think that the Bucs put a whipping on the Panthers. Come out, Teddy Bridgewater, no chance to cover here. I think the Bucs win by double digits. What say you, Dub?
7: I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one, Clay. I can't, personally, I can't bet on a team that's put up back-to-back performances like we've seen from the Bucks. They barely beat the New York Giants, who are arguably the second-worst team in the NFL and they follow that performance up by getting absolutely bludgeoned, probably the worst loss in Tom Brady's career. I just have a hard time backing a team minus six on the road against a team led by Teddy Bridgewater, who, by the way, 32-11 and against the spread in his NFL career. He's he's a covering machine. So I'm going to have to go with the uh, the Panthers on this one. A,
5: A big part of that, by the way, with Teddy Bridgewater has been Partly people don't buy into him like that happened with the Saints, which were a good team. And Teddy Bridgewater came in and went five and zero. but all the success that he had with the Vikings, the Vikings were like the least respected gambling team. Mike Zimmer in general. It was unbelievable. He was winning at like 60 percent clips against the number. Nobody ever believed in the Vikings. And Teddy Bridgewater was a part of that. He certainly continued it and he's done well as a uh, quarterback for the Carolina Panthers against the number this year. He covered uh, just uh, last week against the uh, Chiefs on the road. They had a chance potentially to win that game, but I am on the Bucks. I think they bounce back in a big way here. All right, here's another game I love. Buffalo is on the road against Arizona. Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, offensive pyrotechnics i know exactly where we are headed here cliff kingsbury is going to be dialed up sean mcdermott's going to be dialed up the bills are one of the most fascinating teams out there last year it was like their offense couldn't do anything and the defense carried them week after week after week now josh allen's out there last weekend against the seahawks he threw for 415 yards He's gunning the ball all over the field. I think the malaise that afflicted the Bills uh, where they lost back-to-back games against the Titans and then also against the Chiefs has started to lift. I like the Bills to go on the road and score some points. I like it to be a very competitive game. One of the most entertaining games of the day in the NFL. I am on the over 56 in this game. Buffalo, Arizona, the over 56 Dub, what say you?
7: I agree with this. Last week, Arizona, they couldn't stop Tua Tagovailoa. And yep. that was with Tua coming off, let's be honest, a pretty pretty poor performance in a winning team effort in his opening start. And now they get Buffalo and Josh Allen and that high-flying offense. I think you're correct here. I think this one goes over. I like Buffalo on the side, but I think the total over, what is it, 55 and a half, 56 Yep. I see that going over because these are both great offenses and both defenses that are a little bit suspect, to say the all least. All
5: right, so th- through three picks, let me re- uh, reinforce them here. The Rams minus a point and a half. We've got the Bucks minus six at the Panthers. And now Buffalo, Arizona, the over 56 as we roll through on uh, these picks. All right, up next, Ravens on the road against the Patriots. I think that Cam Newton has been exposed. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the show. Two touchdown passes, seven interceptions. Cam's time as a starting quarterback in the NFL is coming near a close. Marlon Humphrey's going to be back for the Ravens in theory. Uh, There are a lot of things I thought that I saw from the Ravens on the road against the uh, Colts that I loved. The Patriots, we know last year the Ravens handled them with Tom Brady. I think this Ravens defense is is going to be all over Cam Newton and a very limited Patriots offense. I also think that the Patriot defense will play well against Lamar Jackson, which is why I like the under 43-and-a-half in this game. Ravens against the Patriots, the under 43-and-a-half.
7: Yeah, this is an odd one. Just to even say that out loud, I'm taking the under 43-and-a-half in a year like this year in the NFL where we've seen overs hit over and over again and by a large margin but I agree with you here if there's going to be an under to take this week I think it's this game because like you mentioned the Patriots offense is basically non-existent and the Ravens defense shut down Indianapolis pretty much the whole game last week so I think this is like a 20 to 7 20 to 10 type game Uh, Ravens Pats under
5: all right, so four picks in, next one up. This is an interesting one because I think these guys are going to be playing a lot in the years ahead. The Dolphins going up against the Chargers. Justin Herbert, I mean, I saw this stat and I was like, this is unbelievable. The uh the the Chargers are doing something that is unheard of in terms of the way that they're losing. And I'm sorry for everybody out there who is a Charger fan that has to hear about this, but this was in our Fox Bet live show yesterday. The data on this was pretty crazy. Uh, The Chargers have, uh, let me give you this, lowest average margin of defeat in the last 10 seasons. The Chargers at four points per game with a minimum of five losses are literally the least lucky or the most difficult string of losses that we've ever seen all rolled together. Justin Herbert is playing out of his mind. Last five games, two out of three nearly completion percentage, which is great for a rookie. 15 touchdowns, three interceptions, passer rating of nearly 111. Uh, I love this game. I love everything about the over in this game. I think Tua is starting to make some plays, starting to impress uh, his teammates. The over under in this game, 48 and a half. I think Herbert comes out and makes some plays. I think Tua comes out and makes some plays. And what I hope is the first of many great duels between these rookie quarterbacks. I hope they both can stay healthy and continue to make a lot of progress. Anthony Lynn against Brian Flores, the over hits here over 48 and a half.
7: Yeah, this number seems pretty low to me. I would suspect with the way things have gone this year, this to be in the low 50s. So I think there's some value here with the over, but you're right. These two young quarterbacks, we might be getting a glimpse into the future for the next 10, 12, 15 years with this matchup in the AFC I'll go over just because the number's low I think. I think it should be above 50 so I'll go over 48 and a half.
5: All right, last pick here uh, Texans plus three and a half against the Browns. You're listening to the outkick six pack by the way. the Texans plus three and a half against the Browns. The Texans, I believe uh, not an awful team. all right. I know they have an awful record. I don't believe they're an awful team. And I think the Browns have been consistently overvalued so far this year. And I am not buying into the fact that the Browns are over three points better than the Texans. Deshaun Watson, a lot better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. Uh, I know that they have the interim head coach, and I know that the Browns are five and three and thinking that they're going to have a chance to potentially make the playoffs. They want to make a run and put themselves into position to get into the playoff mix. This is the kind of game they can't lose. If they want to put themselves in that position, but I think the Texans come on the road. I think they cover. It wouldn't stun me if the Texans won this one outright Texans plus three and a half at the Browns.
7: I got to be honest. I bet this one the other way earlier in the week when it was minus three, I took the Browns, but this is all about numbers. Three and a half versus three is massive at three and a half. I'd probably lean Texans, but it's just tough for me to bet on Houston, a team that's has two wins, both against the Jaguars. So I don't know. Uh, This is kind of a toss-up game to me. If you made me bet it at three and a half, I probably would take the Texans.
5: Uh, All right, so here are the six picks. You can also go see these at outkick.com. They'll be up there on the website of the media company that I run. Uh, We'll have them all out there. Again, we have been doing a pretty good job so far in the NFL uh, six pack. Last week, three, two, and one, we had a push, so we went three and two. Uh, and uh, I feel pretty good about these games. Again, really, really confident in our six pack. We'll see how we do. Rams minus one and a half. The Bucks minus six. The Buffalo Bills Arizona Cardinals game over 56. The Ravens and the Patriots under 43 and Dolphins Chargers over 48 and a half, and the Texans plus three and a half at the Browns. Those are my picks to lead you into the weekend. Dub, uh, did you say you like the Rams? Pick the best of all of them.
7: Yeah, that's the one. If you're gonna pick one, that's the one I would pick. I think that one is pretty solid. It's almost scary how much I like it. You know that feeling when you see a number and you oh, like yeah. it so much. I'm that's how that I was. Feeling.
5: That's how I was with the Florida Georgia game last week. Yeah. I, I, for every now and then, a couple of times a year, if you are a gambler you see a line and you just think this is fundamentally wrong. And sometimes that'll make you a little scared because you'll be like, what am I missing? Why is the market got it different than me? I've watched Florida coming into that game play every game so far that season. I'd watch Georgia play every game. Florida's the better team. So when I saw Georgia favored in the game, I went out and hammered it. And I ended up being right. You know, blood bank guarantee. I love the Rams in this game. I just think they are going to run away with this game against the Seahawks with Sean McVay having two weeks to get ready after an atrocious performance against the Dolphins. That defense for the Seahawks can't stop anybody. The Rams' defense is one of the best in the NFL. The Seahawks are coming off a tough cross-country trip where they got bludgeoned by the Bills. And I just think that they are walking into a lion's den. And I think at the end of the day on Sunday... The Rams are going to be in first place with the tiebreak over the Seahawks in the NFC West. I really do. I love them to win this game by a touchdown or more. I really do. I think they're going to take it to the Seahawks. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. All right. I love all of you. Thank you for spending yet another week with us at OutKick. 15 hours basically in the books here. We've had a lot of fun with you. I encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a single moment of the show. My thanks to our guest, Bobby Barack, also to Lance Taylor. And I hope you guys enjoy the Masters rolling through the weekend. Enjoy your NFL and also enjoy your college football. So much to get into this weekend. Hope you enjoy it all. Thank you for hanging out with us. Also, if you want to get your gambling picks in, again, Rams minus one and a half, Bucks minus six, the over in the Buffalo-Arizona game, Ravens-Pats under, uh, the Dolphins-Chargers, the over, and the Texans plus three and a half.
0: Parts.
6: Sumo Play.